are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 9, games of the week, DFS stacks, and best bets. Going deep into some key situations that you have to get right this week in fantasy football, DFS, and betting. Of course, we'll build a tournament lineup at the end around these stacks and ideas. Game number one, we have Minnesota at Baltimore. Per FanDuel Sportsbook, the Ravens are six-point home favorites and the over-under is currently at 50. Not a ton of sharp action overall in this one, Reeves. The public does look to be all over Baltimore in this one. So what are your thoughts overall? Yeah, it's interesting. This is an interesting matchup for DFS for a couple of levels because, you know, I've come on your show and we've talked about, you know, stylistically how the Ravens play defense, right? Like, how do you, how do you as an opposing passer handle the blitz or do you have weaponry that is just going to torch man coverage? And the Vikings are a little bit of a Rorschach test here because Kirk Cousins is awful under pressure. Uh, he's averaging just four point uh, flat yards uh, under pa- per pass attempt under pressure as opposed to 8.7 yards when kept clean. Um, but he can beat the blitz. Uh, he has, uh, uh, you know, w- with these man coverage guys and just uh, Justin Jefferson and Thielen, their splits versus man coverage are absolutely phenomenal. Justin Jefferson is averaging 3.6 yards per route run against man coverage. His yards per route run against zone coverage are 1.6. It's a two full yard difference uh, wow. in splits. This matchup aligns very similar to Larry to what we had a couple weeks ago when Minnesota played Carolina. An aggressive defense plays man coverage. They're going to blitz you a lot. And Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen came out and just roasted. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a really good game in that game too. It just Thielen was the guy that really popped. Uh, in that game so I mean we have an opportunity here where the Vikings especially on primetime doing their Kirk Cousins Vikings primetime thing against Dallas I forgot about that oh and you know everyone's gonna be kind of off of them like they were because of the salty taste that were left in their mouths they speak everyone sees the Ravens and sees the Ravens as a big bad right and they still carry that stigma but they give up huge plays in the passing game and it's happened every game except for the Chargers game uh so I mean we can have an opportunity where Cousins definitely can flatline but as we were talking about like tournament plays in this game having fun high scoring potential this could be a Kirk Cousins spot where he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns uh against this blitz heavy man-to-man defense uh and then on the other side we're going to see Lamar be really popular but also when you look at Lamar I think he comes with some really big red flags this week um because Lamar right now is being sacked at the highest rate that he's been sacked at his career since his rookie year. The offensive line has been just abysmal all season. You know, they don't have Ronnie Stanley. Andrew Villanueva has, they're forced to play him, but he's been absolutely terrible. Well, the Vikings, they get pressure at the league's highest rate, but only blitz at the 16th highest rate. So it means you're getting front four pressure and you're able to get to the quarterback. And as a byproduct of that, we've seen, you know, if you can get home on Lamar Jackson without blitzing, he's completed just 48.4% of his passes. Uh, against uh, pressure, seven yards per pass attempt. When he's kept clean, 71% completion rate. Think about that, 48.4 to 71, and then a 9.3 yards per pass attempt, almost two and a half full yards. And so if Minnesota, they don't have Daniel Hunter in this game because he's been placed on IR, so it could be kind of a a, a nice spot still, you know, if they can't replace his production. But if Minnesota's able to get home, home with four and get pressure, we can see, you know, Lamar really have to rely on that rushing, you know, upside. Because that's going to exist regardless uh, of what the, whatever scheme the defense is running. We saw it against the Bengals. The Bengals were repeatedly in his in his grill a couple weeks ago, and Lamar was awful in that game throwing the football. Uh, through, uh, he only completed 48.5% of his passes, but he had 88 rushing yards to kind of still alleviate his floor. But we don't need a floor for Lamar. We want a ceiling if we're playing, you know, this game in game stacks. Right. So there is a little bit of a red flag here. I think he's a really solid cash game quarterback, but I think there's some volatility here 
looking at now, like you said, we have some projected ownership this week, and he's looking at my. I don't know, you know, where you get probably Chalky's quarterback on the slate, like around yes. most of the industry right now, for sure. I am seeing him as the highest owned in large field tournaments yep. with the highest projected ownership. And what I laid out, there's your in, right? To to get leverage elsewhere, uh, you still play him in cash. You're getting that rushing production, but uh, there's some there. There's your kind of if you want to kind of move against the grain, so mm-hmm. to speak. And you know, Lamar obviously he he can hit against anybody, but you know if you're gonna stack him, you know we've got him with this. Basically, the the cupboard is as full as it's gonna be for him. Sammy Watkins is gonna play. This will be the first time they've had uh, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins all available for him in a game. Uh, so there is some upside there as well. Marquise Brown, you know, still just absolutely, you know, lighting it up downfield. Even, you know, the week against the Bengals when nobody else got home, he still did. He had over 300 air yards in that game, uh, which is pretty wild. He was able to reel in the touchdown. Uh, he's now scored in five of the seven games this season. Obviously on FanDuel, we like that. FanDuel has priced him accordingly. Uh, you know, the other side is not. So FanDuel is adjusted for him scoring touchdowns every week. Uh, the other side is not Mark Andrews still always a good play. He's kind of the guy, the foxhole guy, right? Like he's, he's leading the team in targets on third down. Um, the Vikings have not allowed a tight end to score yet this season, but they are allowing 8.4 yards per target. That's 25th, uh, to opposing tight ends. So, you know, Mark Andrews is another guy we can kind of ignore, uh, you know, matchups and stuff like that with as well. And one guy we didn't touch upon was I'm just trying to go a mile a minute here in my head because he told yeah. me we had shorter time. Uh, Tyler Conklin is probably going to be a guy people look at this week mm-hmm. just because the Ravens, you know, against tight ends. And it was a thing when we started the first three weeks of the season and you look at these splits early in the season, you're like, oh, the Ravens, they suck against tight ends. And you're like, well, yeah, they played Travis Kelsey, Darren right. Waller and, and TJ Hawkinson. Well, now they're starting to build a sample of letting guys like Jared Cook get there and CJ Uzoma and the, so now the, we can play. the, the, we, now we can the Colts tight ends. Yeah. And so I think Conklin will be a guy people look at and, and play a lot as well in this matchup um, on FanDuel. Yeah, there's there's tons of layers to this game. Like the deeper I kind of get into it. Obviously, we talked about it earlier in the week. If we just run the Sims like we normally do, Lamar Jackson's going to pop as one of the best quarterback options. That's why he's kind of probably at the ownership he is. We know this team's passing more. All these things uh, are on the positive side. But what I love about, I mean, just your analysis in general, Reeves, like I think that like getting a little bit deeper into some of the micro stuff definitely has value. I, I love the the conversation that you had with Leone earlier this week because I do think that there is like we skewed the other way in some ways, right? Like everyone's looking at the same projections everyone's looking at the same ownership stuff like context doesn't matter at all and i do think maybe we went a little bit too far on some of that stuff and one of the things that i think has a ton of value that i probably haven't been looking at enough recently is the man coverage versus like zone coverage type of schemes because that's kind of what does affect some of these wide receivers significantly but also the quarterbacks right so what you were saying before about justin jefferson versus adam thielen like i think that if you are going to be pivoting like those are going to be one of the guys like basically where their price you we'll talk about this probably in, in our next segment a little bit more reeves but like we're either going to be paying up for stefan diggs or tyree kill but if you move down a little bit we basically have jefferson and thielen right there jefferson's almost always that guy that people want to play as the cool gpp play but it sounds like this matchup specifically might be a little bit more uh, i guess uh high upside ceiling from thielen is that is that fair did i miss uh, i guess uh put words in your mouth a little bit there no, I think so, because I think we're going to see Marlon Humphrey. They've been using him as a shadow corner on the outside, and, you know, he, he did not play well against Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey's a guy, you know, because they lo- when they lose Marcus Peters, it, it changes everybody's role, right? And that's what's happened to Marlon Humphrey. He was a guy that was typically lining up in the slot. They were using him as kind of like a sub-linebacker in, in like a way, and now he's been forced to basically guard wide receiver ones. Uh, and that has also uh, elevated Anthony Everett to to a guy. No cornerback has been targeted more in the NFL than Anthony Everett. And they've had a bye week. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's going to be on Adam Thielen. And we saw Adam Thielen in this spot on Sunday night where the Cowboys didn't play a lot of man coverage, but there was a lot more, you know, Trayvon Diggs on Justin Jefferson and Thielen's going to get over on a guy like Anthony Brown. And we saw this against Carolina a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, when they are, you know, uh, when they're playing and giving attention to Justin Jefferson, you know, he gets the the better of the matchups. Uh, so, I mean, Thielen against man coverage, yeah, he looks like, especially for a fan duel play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because he's, he's, he's a touchdown, touchdown scorer. Yep. So, I mean, absolutely, uh, I would say that he's a great leverage play this week. I like that. Um, if you're watching this, obviously, you probably enjoy tournament strategy, game theory, just like we do. I do a ton of in-depth lineup reviews over on Twitter, so check out the link in the description for that. Toss me a follow. Toss Reeves a follow as well. Super valuable information that what? he's bringing us every single week. Uh, go ahead, Reeves. Yeah, so one thing I would just say, not to make it like a long spiel, but like yeah. one of the things we brought up, Leone. Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing about, I, I believe when you look at some of this, we weren't, we didn't have access to this data, like what are defenses running? And, you know, this is newer data for the last couple of years, and we haven't really found a great way to incorporate it yet. But one of the things that I think is great about it and in, in using it is that it's not quantitative from a statistic stance. Like we're just looking at points allowed. We're actually looking at how defenses play and how they call games. Like it, it's not just like, oh, they gave up this to tight ends or they gave this to running backs. This is how they're going to call the game. Like the Ravens aren't going to really acquiesce in it and change their scheme a lot opponent to opponent. The only team that they haven't played this way against is the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's the, the one team that like adjusts everybody, alters that way. Everybody plays defense. Yep. So, I mean, I think that, that some of this stuff is good for micro edges because of that, because we're not just looking at points loud. We're saying, well, we know how this defense is going to approach playing this offense. And is that advantageous for the offense or, or what specific players does it lead to potentially having a, a, you know an advantageous matchup because of that, because of uh, the way these teams are going to approach defending the offense. Yeah, there's there's a ton of really good information on that podcast. So go over to ETR and check that out with uh, Reeves and Leone. I, I gained a lot from that. Also, just one of the things that I thought was interesting, too, is that like a lot of these stats that we use defensively, they're kind of offensive stats on yes. the other side. Right. So that that's mm-hmm. one of the key things that I want to start to use a little bit more in my analysis. So let's move on to game number two, Reeves. We have Denver at Dallas per FanDuel Sportsbook. The Cowboys are massive. 10-point home favorites in this one. The over-under is looking like 49-and-a-half as of now. Looks like a large chunk of the betting dollars is on the over, uh, so they're definitely uh, in sync with you on this one, Reeves. Uh, sounds like you agree that this could be uh, a game that has some points involved. Yeah, I like this game for a reason because uh, it reminds me a lot of when the Cowboys played the Patriots a couple weeks ago in that 4 o'clock time slot, and and the Cowboys came in a little bit under own because the, no one thought the Patriots could really counterpunch with them, right? That was the week we uh, had them really on the tilt do. space, and then C.D. Lamb won us all the money on the last play. It was the best thing. So if you look at Denver, they, they're not really you know that that awesome when you look at them from like a top-down you know metric stance and offense, what they're doing. But look at their schedule so far. They've played absolutely nobody. And when they've had to, to play these teams that can actually score points, they've given up 24 more points in just two games this season based on a lot of their schedule so far. The Cowboys are coming into this game with a 29.5-point team total. But in those two games that the Broncos allowed 24 or more points, Teddy Bridgewater has thrown the ball 39 and 48 times in those games. Uh, so, I mean, we, so we're going to have a big diff- So I made a mistake last week. My pivot guy was Cortland Sutton versus Chris Godwin, but I didn't overly uh, account for just what happens if Denver's up seven points. Like True. they're just not going to, they don't care. They're not going to throw the ball. Yep. Right. And that's where my mistake was made on that being a great leverage shot. It wasn't. Um, but when you look at this, potentially these Broncos guys, they're going to have to throw, they're going to give up 30 points. They're projected to give up 30 points. 
Um, and so we're going to have more passing volume than we typically would when they're playing the Jets or Washington or, you know, all these teams that don't really run away from them. Uh, so I do like that as a spot now because these, these guys aren't expensive. The The running backs are kind of mid-priced, but we've got Cortland Sutton at 6,700. Jerry Judy comes back and he runs a pass around 80% of the dropbacks. He only had four targets, but that, like I said, that ties back into they just didn't throw the football last week. They didn't have to. Um, we also have uh, Noah Fant uh, on the COVID list, and we'll see if he's officially out. We're recording this Friday morning. As of Thursday night last night, Vic Fangio said he had yet to clear one test. So it looks like he's probably not going to play. Right. So now we get Albert O in, involved, right? And like Albert O, so when you, these guys are combining to play, the, the tight end is a huge part of what the Broncos are doing on offense. These guys are combining to play over 100% of the pass routes. And when Albert O was on the IR for those three weeks, uh, you know, prior to last week, Noah Fant was running a pass route on 89% of the team dropbacks. So we're going to get a guy that has elite athleticism, has a touchdown presence, and is really cheap and probably is going to be on the field in a game where the team's going to have to throw 35 times. Uh, I mean, I like that. I like the sound 40, 4,500, Reeves. That's like below the floor we normally get on FanDuel for these tight ends. So I like that quite a bit. Yeah, so I like that a lot as well. So, I mean, I think the Broncos side is really interesting. I probably won't get too much into the running backs, although Dallas can be run on just because I feel like the game script could skew into being pass heavy. But I think that those guys are pretty interesting as well. Just who do you, how do you diagnose which Denver running back to play at this point? These guys are splitting things right down the middle from targets to snaps to red zone usage. Almost everything is a 50-50 split between these guys. So uh, it's very hard when you're running, you know, uh, you know, you're trying to game stack that to, to, to really say like, well, it's going to be this guy or it's going to be this guy. It's been Melvin Gordon for two weeks in a row because he's getting into the end zone, but there's no other peripherals that say like, he's clearly the guy to play. So <laughs> good, good I mean, luck. It, it, the ownership is like shaking out too, just similar. Like no one wants to choose between those guys because it's right down the middle. So uh, pick the touchdown. Correct. They looks like a great play. Yes. If you don't, there's just not enough volume to get there. So yeah, it's really tough. Also, I, I, I like Ezekiel Elliott in this game. I think it's a good Zeke game. He, uh, you know, had his highest share of backfield touches last week. So we've seen the two games and the Cowboys are in negative game script. Tony Pollard doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all Zeke when they're in negative game script. They just have had a stretch where they really weren't in negative game script. Uh, and they probably won't be in here. So we'll see Pollard and some. But I do like Zeke a lot because uh, I think we're probably, he's got good touchdown potential here. Uh, you look at Denver, uh, the past, like, month. They allowed 142 total yards to Najee Harris. They allowed 168 total yards to Dearness Johnson on Thursday night. Uh, in between that, they allow 158 combined yards to the Raiders running backs. Then they allow 193 total yards to Washington running backs last week. And some of that, you know, a lot is through the air with McKissick, but they're giving up a lot of production here to, to backfields because their linebackers aren't good at all. You know, they, they obviously just traded Von Miller. He's not a coverage guy anyways, but, you know, they're forced to trade for Kenny Young from the Rams a couple weeks ago. Uh, they they really struggle in that area of the field. They don't really have good defenders um, at the linebacker position. So, I mean, that could lead to another Dalton, Dalton Schultz week. We have no Blake Jarwin in this game, so Dalton Schultz is going to be another tight end. He's just going to be on the field the entire game. Uh, and we've already seen him have spike weeks and be used in the red zone. We are recording this on Friday. We do not know if CD lamb practiced yet today or not. That's going to be something people are going to want to keep, you know, uh, a bookmark on because if not, it could drive up Amari Cooper. Was that and ankle? Also- Was that ankle for, for CD? I'm catching up this week as well. Yeah. He had an ankle on Wednesday. He hurt his, he hurt it in practice, did not practice on Thursday. We'll see on Friday. Uh, they are, 
projected to potentially get Michael Gallup back this week. Mm-hmm. Again, we're recording this before Friday. You need to, this all Friday injury report stuff you'll need to see and okay. circle back on, but they could get Michael Gallup back two for this game. Uh, so there are a lot of layers here in terms of what the Cowboys could have available personnel wise and could not have available. But uh, Zeke's probably my favorite of the plays. And then obviously if Dak's going to play, I mean, we're never just going to outright fade Dak. Right. Uh, he's been too good throwing mm-hmm. the football. Uh, you know, you just look at him, his touchdown rate's probably going to stabilize at some point. It's at seven and a half percent right now. Um, but you know, the Broncos are a team that people look at them and want to avoid them, right? Cause they'll see the little red number next to Dak's name, but look at, look at Denver's schedule. They have not played by, we talk about these defensive stats are a lot of times offensive stats and they've only faced two passers that are currently in the top 15 in passing points per attempt. And they were Lamar Jackson who threw for 316 yards and they were Derek Carr who threw for 341 yards against them. So maybe this Denver Broncos, you're living on a little bit of cachet of opponent schedule so far. Uh, so if you want to get some leverage on Dak, especially with him coming up the calf injury, he mm-hmm. probably is not checking in that popularly uh, right now. No, sub sub 10%, maybe even like sub five in some contests, I think, uh, depending on what you're you're going after this week. So I think there's a ton of leverage there, especially if Zeke's going to be popular, which it looks like he will be. Uh, I'm on board with uh, this game overall. I'm trying to, I guess, get a feel if this is going to be a popular one, but there's a lot of ways to talk yourself out of the plays in this one, Reeb. So if you were to stack this one up, is there a side that you would prefer? Do you like going uh, with, I guess, that uncertainty with Dak, I would imagine, and then trying to figure out the correct bring back on the Denver side? I think if you're going to run the bring back uh, so that I think the most popular thing will be Zeke and then you pair him with either Sutton or Albert O. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if you want to run the Dak side, see the Dak side is hard because we don't really know who we want to pair him with. True. So that might keep, and we've seen this happen with Kyler. You and I have talked about this. Like has Kyler's ownership just been depressed because people are just like, well, I don't know who to stack him with So I'm not going to play him. Very true. Um, and, you know, if C.D. Lamb ends up playing and his ankle injury, he's playing and we don't know if he's got the ankle, uh, if Gallup plays and if like, who do you pick? Who do you mm-hmm. pick out of these guys? And then, you know, maybe just Schultz. Uh, so that makes it tougher. And then who knows if like Cedric Wilson, like, seems to make a play a game. Like, do you think that they're just going to, like, shun him, banish him to the netherworld because, like, it's Gallup's, it's Gallup's back. back? Like, like, yeah. like, they still might use him. So who knows? Uh, it may, it's, it's tricky. Uh, I don't know if you could. Could you play D- Dak naked in a little sense? But. Maybe if you really think it's going to be that spread out, it's just uh, I think that it makes more sense to play these quarterbacks naked when they're super high owned because then you're just hoping that the quarterback mm. I got that touchdowns go to these really weird weapons. So I, I would probably would struggle a little bit uh, more with that. Uh, so I would I'm say gonna... Schultz, I guess I, I would if I was forced to pick a guy that I had the most confidence in, mm-hmm. I guess I would say Schultz. Yeah. Reeves, I'm going to force us to move forward on this one. So if anyone wants to hear more about this game, Reeves is actually going to be joining us on the Tournament Plays video uh, that's going to be going out uh, very shortly as well. So before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day's about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com Holka. First, that link does support the channel. So thank you. And even if you are not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and start that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest. That one I will be reviewing every week on stream. 
quite honestly, one of the best places you can put your money in all of DFS because it's completely rake free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season. So make sure you join our community over on FanDuel. Pick a lineup, stay under the salary cap and see where your team stacks up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends to experience season long wins without season long waits by joining the $5 listener league or making your first deposit through FanDuel.com slash Holka. The official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka show, age and local restrictions apply. Bonus is used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. Want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There's thousands of auctions ending daily. So some of the crazy deals that you'll see actually pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, a weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings, but only if you're fully registered at Pristine Auction, so hopefully it's with code HOLKA because it supports the channel, so thank you, and let's get back to the show. Green Bay at Kansas City. Obviously, a ton of line movement here with Rodgers uh, and the news, and uh, thank God we're recording this later. FanDuel Sportsbook had this open at minus two and a half. It's actually now Kansas City as a full touchdown favorite. The over-under dropped from all the way to 55 and a half. This would have been a really fun game. Reeves now has dropped all the way to 48 points. Sounds like you're still at least intrigued, though, from a DFS perspective. And both these defenses are are not great, especially on the KC side. Would that, would that be fair to say uh, that this is still interesting without Rodgers? Yeah, I'm still interested in this game for a couple of reasons. One, the market tends to overvalue when things like this happen, especially quarterbacks making their first career starts. I mean, if you look at like recent trends, like quarterbacks making their first starts have been pretty actually good bets against the spread because it tends to get overvalued. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we still have a first round draft pick. I mean, we could say we talk about Jordan Love a little bit as a prospect, but he now has basically been learning under Aaron Rodgers for a year and a half. Uh, you know, it is in this Matt LaFleur offense. Also, don't discount. This is going to be the first time we actually could see Matt LaFleur flex his muscles. That's true. He's been he's had Aaron Rodgers his whole the whole tenure at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to get to see like his salt as a play caller in this game. Like, you know, uh, we, we had Mc, the inverse of McVay, right? Like McVay gets Stafford now, but built up golf. What if yeah. Matt LaFleur puts Jordan Love in these good situations where they could, you know, he's, he's running bootlegs and doing some of the shanty and things that are in this offense that they don't quite utilize under Aaron Rodgers because you have Aaron Rodgers. Well, and we, we got uh, this news on Wednesday too, right? It's not like we got it on Friday. So there's been enough time or at least some time for him to build a specific game plan around love at this point. Right. And he's been in, he's been taking full practice reps the entire week. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's the whole week. So I'm, I'm curious from that angle, like Matt LaFleur is going to get the, we're going to see the first actual, like what I believe the Matt LaFleur coaching game, uh, you know, we're going to see that. And against a bad defense. Like if you were making your first career start or calling your first game with like, without Aaron Rodgers, like having it come against this Chiefs defense yep. is pretty adequate. You couldn't ask for a better spot unless it, at, being at home would be like the, the only way for this to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to score points still. Like I still believe the Chiefs are going to score points in this game. I know they've kind of been a little bit lackluster here, but I do believe they're going to score on this, uh, you know, Packers defense because the Packers are a team that already doesn't blitz a lot. Uh, the the uh, Chiefs are, are kind of leaning into this weird like ball control offense now, like we saw on Monday night. But there's going to be plays to be made here because you don't have Jair Alexander still back on the field. And the Packers cornerbacks, since they've since they've not had Jair Alexander, have just been giving up. They've been getting body back. They were on pace to get body back by DeAndre Hopkins on Thursday, but he got hurt. But he had 66 yards basically on 15 snaps. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then prior to that, Terry McLaurin goes for 7-122-1. Darnell Mooney, 5 for 41 and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, 6 for 151 and a touchdown. And then Deontay Johnson in that game that Jair Alexander got hurt has 9 for 92 and 1. Opposing lead wideouts have been getting there against the Packers. Uh, you know, Tyreek's coming off an 18 target game. Like the targets aren't drying up. He's had at least 12 targets in four of his past five games. So he's going to be popular and, uh, you know, he's going to still be popular on FanDuel. The other site knocked him down way too cheaply. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's going to be popular. Uh, we seen them use on Monday night. I don't know how sticky this will be. We saw on Monday night they used McCole Hardman as like a Debo Samuel-esque type player, which could be beneficial for one, their offense in terms of, you know, you know, being ahead and staying ahead of sticks and just finding a different way to attack teams that are playing these two shell coverages. And then also just make McCole Hardman better because of his inefficiencies and non-nuanced receiver ability. So it'd be interesting to see if that sticks. I'm probably not going to get to McCole Hardman, but just stick a pin in that. If you see him getting a bunch of these targets behind the line of scrimmage again, or like these, uh, you know, these quick hitters that they were using on Monday night to keep that in mind for the rest of the season. Um, and then, you know, everyone is down on Kelsey after, you know, who knows if he parted the night before or what, um, <laughs> you know, I, I saw some of that, but, you know, still seven targets were there. You know, we've seen some teams really start to mug Kelsey up with some DBs. Like with Kyle, he's getting a little bit of the Kyle Pitts where teams are just like not having safeties guard him. They're having actual cornerbacks guard him. Uh, we saw James Bradbury guard him a little bit last week. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. But the Packers don't have one of those guys. We just talked about it. Yep. They lost Jair Alexander. They don't have one of those guys. Uh, so I don't think that they'll really be able to do that here uh, with that approach. So uh, Chiefs side looks good. Jordan Love. Uh, Devontae Adams, we've seen him with a sample playing without Aaron Rodgers before. He had a game, uh, a stretch a couple years ago where he played uh, with Brett Hundley as his mm-hmm. quarterback. And in those games, uh, he played six full complete games of Brett Hundley. He averaged just under 13 and a half half point PPR points per game. He had five touchdowns in those games. His receptions and yardage did drop 4.7 receptions per game and 57 uh, receiving yards per game, which were down over a full reception and over 10 yards per game with Rodgers that season. Uh, but still against this Chiefs defense, if you're going to you know just get peppered with volume, there's opportunity still there. His price tag is obviously high for good reason because they no one expected this to happen. Um who else is in there? Who else do we hit? There's, there's a lot, a lot of stuff in this game. Or even and honestly, like the ownership is really low across the board because just like people are just like I guess all in on this game. Then Rogers is out. And now everyone and now people are just grab trying to grab that piece of like Tyreek or Kelsey, but no one's really going full on with some of like the the secondary pieces. Man, we could yeah, get Aaron Jones. What about Aaron Jones? That's uh, what yeah. What what do you think? Aaron Jones is the one that I was curious about from a leverage perspective because he's very expensive. He's eighty five hundred on FanDuel and he's looking at like six. I mean, probably sub ten in almost any contest you're going to be in i mean i love aaron jones anytime you can get him i guess because the touchdown upside is so high for this guy right and without robert tunyon being hurt as well last week we might see him you know extended out in the in the intermediate pass game as well you know that might be something that continues because they don't really have a great in-house you know receiving pivot at tight end it's not like tunyon was accruing a large target share anyways but it's just something else that they might use him with some more versatility like we saw last Thursday uh, with him and A.J. Dillon. You know, we saw A.J. Dillon get an extended role because they were wanted to use Aaron Jones as a receiver more based on all the wide receivers being out. And we could still see with Tunyon being out, them want to do that. Valdez Scantling looks like he's going to be back and Lazard's going to be back as well too. So th- there's a little volatility there. But I do like Aaron Jones because what's the one thing that they that we probably will see Matt LaFleur do? And probably, like I said, incorporate some of that, you know, that run scheme that we don't really see them do because you have Aaron Rodgers and you're going against the Chiefs defense that can absolutely be run on. 
So mm-hmm. I think, and with Jordan Love. So, like, you're going to want to pr- insulate Jordan Love a little bit, and you're going to want to run the football and use your running back. So I love Aaron Jones. I didn't really even look at projected ownership yet because I just kind of thought he would be the most popular Packer. But maybe if just people are avoiding the Packers altogether, it's right. just a, a, a natural, easy run back, I think, with him. Yeah, I thought I missed something. Honestly, I was just looking at it. I was like, well, no Rodgers. You would think that maybe they would lean in against this Kansas City defense to the run game a little bit. And Aaron Jones, maybe it's a price thing. I'm not exactly sure. So, yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk through that a little bit more when we get over to the tournament video who's after this. Who's popular up there? I guess we'll talk about that. I, I, I won't. But, yeah, who's popular at the top? I guess Eckler, but... Yeah, like if we just want to talk like purely about the running backs in terms of ownership right now, it seems like people are just going to pay down for Gaskin or try and get up to Zeke at like 8,200 or so. Eckler is going to probably be like 15% or so, and he's all the way up at 9K. But like there's this weird dead zone because a lot of people are probably just going to go to like Joe Mixon at 7,400 instead oh, yeah. of uh, play Aaron, Aaron Jones. So I think that's probably where the ownership is going to go there. And that ties into what we kind of were talking about earlier about the ownership just being, it seems like that, uh, on FanDuel particularly, that subsection of running back is getting skipped over this mm-hmm. season because of where the pricing has been for these 5K guys. Or Well, Joe Mixon hasn't moved at all. Like, Mixon's been like 7K on year. FanDuel basically the whole year. So, like, people are saying, well, all right, well, I don't have – we don't have the big dog. We wouldn't have had him on this slate anyways. But people are just like – it feels like people don't always love to play Eckler on FanDuel at his price, even though he's like mini McCaffrey in right. a sense. Um, and then Dalvin Cook's been out. So it seems like people are just skipping over like those eight to 7,800 guys, like the 7,800 to like 8,400 guys and just yep. going down. And that's been kind of the meta this year on FanDuel. Um, and so maybe we can get it, take advantage of it this week and use Aaron Jones. Yeah, a ton of leverage, I think, just by doing a different type of roster construction. He would lead you to that for sure. So now that we've gone through all of the games of the week, I want you guys to pause this video. Let me know in the comments your favorite stack for NFL Week 9. Reeves, you ready to build a, a FanDuel team here quickly? We, we have time. That, that's the good news. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's build it. Um... All right. So this is the listener leak. FanDuel.com slash Holka. All the guests will be in there per usual. Reeves is basking in glory of another cash this past week. Uh, so you'll have to beat him. And we're going to build it uh, a day later than normal. So I would imagine that the, the rosters in this thing are just going to be just rock solid. Uh, I'm actually going to be building a roster for this one as well in place of TJ Hernandez. But uh, I'm going to let you start this one off, Reeves. Uh, what are we doing? Are we starting stack? What are we doing? I blew it because I could have watched Jake's segment before. You blew it. It the, for the first time. I'm it. usually the first one that records and yep. builds the lineup first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think I'm 50% now. I think I'm four for eight. That's so, really solid, man. And something like so, this, uh, that's very, very solid. So, so we're in the circle. We're in yep. the circle. So mm-hmm. I want to go with what we said then. I like this. I want to go Mahomes, Tyreek, Aaron Jones. Love it. So we're going to have to find some value, but man, like just, I think that that stack alone is not going to be as popular as it should be. I mean, you kind of, my ears perked up and granted, maybe, I don't know if we have the kind of influence to make it move, uh, his ownership move that, that, but sub 10% Aaron Jones, I'm feeling, I like it. feel like I want to go down that road. Uh, like more, the more casual person is probably, if they are going to do this, they're probably just not going to play with Mahomes, right? Like the mini stacks, Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill might gain a little bit of steam, but I, I don't think that like fully, or I guess even like a single stack with Mahomes bring back with Aaron Jones will be as popular for sure. But 5,700 right, so, the rest of the way, Reeves, we got to find some value here. So we haven't, we talked about like, people have not really been playing two big backs on FanDuel this year, but let's do it because mm-hmm. uh, maybe it just it makes things look different. We've got a lot of upside already. We do. Uh, so let's play, let's run the mini with Zeke and Albert O. And that's, nice. the Albert O will free up some of our salary, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully. I mean, Zeke's going to take more of it up, but 4, we'll probably have to nickel and dime the rest of the way. 
but yep. we'll get our mini there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we've got a lot of touchdown upside. We do. And as soon as we move to defense, you're still you're fine with salary. That's what like that's the crazy thing, right? Even after spending up at basically th- four slots already, as long as you have a couple wide receivers in that 5K range that you like, like it's pretty easy still to build a team. There is, and there's a mini I like as well at the wide receiver position. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, I'm going to force you to jam in a defense. It doesn't have to be the defense, but one, uh, I guess, something a little bit cheaper that gives us an idea where we're at. How opposed would you be to playing the Chiefs defense? Like, does it even matter if Aaron Jones gets there? Mm. I'm not super opposed to it in this situation because if Love is someone that's just going to like hold the ball a little bit too long and take sacks, you could get there. You're basically playing that at this point for like a really small field because if there's uh, a situation where Kansas City is the optimal defense, it's probably hard for Mahomes and Tyreek to get there. I actually, I'll say this though, Reeves, I prefer that in Tyreek and Mahomes versus Mahomes and Kelsey. Cause I think if Kelsey gets there, they usually bring a few more weapons with them because they're dinking, dunking up the field a little bit more. Tyreek and Mahomes can get there on like three plays and then you're fine. Right. Then you're just basically have that defense that you think has a ton of upside. That's a, it's unique construction. I'll leave it up to you. Um, I mean, just cause they're so cheap and so I, cheap. I mean, but they might be popular because of Jordan love in general, like true. Well, let's put them in there that. for now. And then that, yeah. that frees you up to 6,100 the rest. I of the also way, think so. the 49ers are kind of interesting because no one will want to play them against Arizona, but mm-hmm. all the Arizona guys are hurt. Well, and the 49ers always play well against the Cardinals. I know that's like the weird bias from a Cardinals fan, but I, it just is so they do that. It, even even this year. Remember, they played when Arizona was absolutely murking everybody. I yep. think Arizona played them right after beating the Rams. Mm-hmm. It's always the letdown and, spot every time. It's like the, it's like the uh, the Detroit game for the Vikings. Like every single time, like no matter how bad Detroit is, you can guarantee it's going to be a close game against the Vikings every time. And so I do like the Niners too. If we can get there, because I don't think they'll be popular. And like with Kyler's hurt ankle, you know, uh, maybe even Colt maybe gets hurt in game. I don't want to wish that anything, but maybe Colt McCoy's play. Hopkins well, bef- is banged up. Before people uh, click away from this video for having a Mahomes stack with Kansas City defense, so let's uh, let's put San Francisco in there for right now, and then uh, we, we'll leave it up to them at the end. So yeah, 6,100 the rest of the way. Two right. wide receivers and a flex. Yeah, there's a wide receiver mini I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's T. Higgins and Jarvis Landry. Ooh, okay. Uh, this game was close to making the cut uh, mm-hmm. of, of a game we talked about. Oh, Jarvis Landry's 5,900. He's going to be the chalk. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, do people? no one likes to play Jarvis Landry, though. That's true. Is he, cho- he going to be Well, chalk- I mean, with everyone talking about OBJ on Twitter right now, maybe people are just going to be like, oh, Jarvis Landry, 5,900. I don't know. I mean, I, I, he's it's a great price regardless. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. Yeah, but. because when you look at his splits, I mean, he had a 26% team target share without Odell Beckham last year. Week one, he plays. He has five for 71 and a rushing touchdown without Odell. He's had 32% and 25% of the team targets the past two weeks. And... This Bengals team and these Browns team, so I mean it's it's last year, but these two teams it played in shootouts last year, sixty-five and seventy-one combined points were in their two games, and we've seen the Bengals defense be a little quarterback driven as well, uh, and then they give up the four hundred passing yards to Mike White in the last game as well, so uh, that game could have potential to have some sneaky upside too, and and also don't forget like the Ewing effect of like. No matter what we can say about whose fault it was between Odell and Baker in this offense, like mm-hmm. there still probably is going to be an alleviation off Baker Mayfield's shoulders of just not having to worry about it. Sure, that's true. And like, and so like, see if he just plays a little more, you know, free. We saw this with Justin Fields last week. You know, it, whether you want to say it with Matt Nagy's or not, but like Justin Fields just played football last week. It yeah. didn't look like he was just like processing and trying. Like he looked like it was reactionary and just playing the game. Maybe we maybe we get some more of just Mayfield just not having to be in his head about everything going on and just go out there and play some football this week. And yeah. it could help. 
I know it I mean, doesn't... We've, seen, we've seen it help him before, right? Like everyone was remember when he first got hurt, everyone's like, oh, like this team is better without OBJ. And like it was kind of like tongue in cheek in that way. But like I think there's like actually a lot to like just how Baker's feeling, right? A guy like that who like needs to build back a little bit more confidence. If he doesn't have OBJ in his ear the whole game, like might actually be a good thing. I mean, we we shove this off the side because it's not quantitative and it's more speculation. But you know, like there's a placebo effect playing sports. Uh, sure. Absolutely, sure. you know, you play, you you yeah. got. No, <laughs> I, I think there's t- there's tons of value in that kind of stuff. Just the mental state of where you're at. Like uh, the thing that I always like uh, kind of compare it to. Not that I ever played at this level, but like people, it's really hard to play with someone like Sidney Crosby because you're sitting there, you're, you're grabbing the stick a little bit too tight. You don't want to mess up, right? So if like Baker's coming in. You don't want to mess up because this like at like elite athlete is in your ear from the start, especially someone as as uh, I guess uh, vocal as OBJ, I'm sure is when he's not getting targeted. It's just not not the best situation to try and do that what you do best. So 5,800 reaps uh, that kind of gets us in the range of maybe like a Hunter Renfro. Uh, we can't quite get to Miles Gaskin on this team in the flex. There's uh, man, it, it's basically probably Renfro for me at 5,600. But do you have another guy that you like that's uh, that's cheaper than 58? Yeah, we got to go Kadarius Tony on this team. Tony. All right. Yeah. I mean, it looks like Galladay's going to play. He did practice on Thursday, so that probably means he's going to practice Friday. But, you know, no Sterling Shepard. We've seen, you know, uh, Tony kind of give us this glimpse of this upside. And I think this team, how, how good does he not fit this team? <laughs>